Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amory School. Uh, I'm Jackson. I'm Joe and Molly. Hi. We might make it through this book in two years. Maybe. <laughs> two Maybe. years. The thing is, we do a lot of other podcasts. Uh, if if you enjoy this one, I assume that you know about the other stuff me and Molly do. So we can only get to it occasionally, but it does lead to pure comedy of it's been literally two years and we're still reading this fucking terrible book. It's true. Uh, also, every time we read some of this book, we do have to take a break because it is it is damaging. It is it is attacking us actively. It's so bad. It's painful. Uh, this book sucks, and we're here. We've got with this. We have three episodes of this album left, um, and then as is the plan, we're going to switch to just doing album episodes to ride this out yes. because this project has gone on too long, and our life doesn't have space for it. But I think we can do nice, big, long, uh, enjoyable album episodes. Absolutely, it's a nice victory lap there. It'll be um, great. It'll be great because, and we'll have we'll actually enjoy the next couple. Yeah, we will. Yeah. It's not all bad out there. We're going to have a good time with the Aftermath. Those are some good albums. Some good albums. But some not classic today. tunes. No. Uh, okay, so uh, since the last time we have recorded, Cody and Cambry have released a single. It's called Shoulders. Yes. Uh, and it sounds like butt. It does kind of sound like butt. By which, again, I specifically mean it. It sounds like the, but the the song is fine. I think the riff is okay. Why is why can someone? I went to look it up and it was like produced by uh, Claudio Sanchez. He's self-producing all this shit, uh, which is like, Come please, on, man, can we get a uh, Michael uh, Baum and Chris Bittner in the room again, please? Can someone do some do the job again? Stop the riff sounding like that. Stop it. Just believe in yourself a little bit. You don't have to keep doing this. It's so compressed. The guitars don't have any space for the, like, riffs to sound anything. I mean, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen this post from a month ago, but my initial reaction was it just was a song uh, from, like, an E3 reel from 2015. I went and synced it up to an E3 reel from 2015, and it fit. Almost Absolutely perfectly. devastating post. Absolutely <laughs> devastating post. I think that post is meaner than any other criticism on the uh, on the show. <laughs> on the show, yeah, absolutely. It's one thing to be like, your books suck. Your books suck us. He's not a, you know, but you, you know, but you write some bangers. It's so like, yeah. Claudia is primarily a banger writer. I would describe that as his main occupation. <laughs> That's what he does in his spare time. The or main excuse thing me, that's his job. Do, yeah, yeah, is produce bangers, um, and you know. So long as he can do that, it doesn't matter how terrible these books are uh, and how much he's writing about weird stuff with his wife. Um, but once you, you once you, you've been synced up to like E three, let the games begin. Dot YouTube. Dot MOV, <laughs> it's over. So you gotta stop, man. You gotta stop. You gotta yeah, stop. I don't know. I'm curious uh, what this next album is. I mean, it's it's Vaxus Act Two. Well, right? I know, but what is it? What it sounds like, I guess. If it keeps sounding like this, if it's all butt rock all the way down, I don't know. So it's it's like they already kind of went in this route with the first uh, the first Vaxus album of like everything's overproduced. Well, that had more of an '80s influence. This literally just sounds like some some WWE butt rock. Yes. Like that synthesizers, but they're mostly used to just like distort the riff that's going wow wow wow. That riff probably just sounds good if you don't do that. 
It's a fine riff. Travis can still write riffs. Yeah. Like, Claudio's vocals are under, like, seven layers of effects. Uh, and I'm not against, like, more technological influence in rock music. I'm not one of those, like, weird rugbyado purists or anything. Uh, but I-, I think this just sounds muddy and bad. Yeah, they're doing too much. You don't have to do that much. Um, we liked it when so. you didn't do that much. Yeah. A good Everyone doesn't sound loves like this. your first three albums. It's so strange that they go this direction. And also, it's disappointing they never made that uh, album out of fictional sequels to other songs. That's so true. <laughs> Where is it, you cowards? Yeah, make a whole album of Jesse's Girl 2, please. Jesse's Girl 2 is also a very stupid song, but at least it's, like, <laughs> honestly stupid. Because yes. it's called Jesse's Girl 2, the Two. sequel to Jesse's Girl. The sequel to Jesse's Girl! <laughs> ah, damn, I wish I had her. Wait, no, I don't. Oh, no. She's oh, a murderer. No. Uh, the women be crazy. Women, women be, doing be murders. crazy. Now, that, uh, that's funny. That's got some content. That's this, good time. is just like, um, God. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fine. I don't know. I, I, I listen to it sometimes. It's okay. The, um, I like the chorus. Chorus is pretty good. Chor- yeah, they still write the chorus. I'm looking at the comments now, and mad <laughs> are people like are so funny. back no in fact they're like people saying coheed is back coheed and cambria never left well, yeah, that's true God. um i think the only coheed is back you know like um color before the sun's not a great album so i get i get saying it for axis um the riffage in this song is fucking insane <laughs> <laughs> it's 2005 <laughs> in this guy's post uh, ah, the riffage. So, the riffage. Epic riffage, dude. Bro. Bro. <laughs> Bro, but with an E. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh, this is actually even, this is maybe even more brutal than than uh, the E3 edit, which is, yes. but it's meant to be a compliment, which makes it double brutal. Yes. If Muse stopped their progression into sci-fi after Black Horse oh, no. Revelations, this is what they'd sound like today. Oh, you hey, don't want <laughs> do, do, <laughs> you don't want to be post black holes muse, guys. You're doing great, Cody. You're doing you're doing fantastic. I want to say this sounds like black holes era muse to me. <laughs> <laughs> pop 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 pop. <laughs> also, this doesn't sound anything like muse. What are you talking about? Someone's saying, we needed this. Hello, Vaxxax. <laughs> we needed this so much. Uh, anyway, we needed this more than the vaccine. Uh, vaccine Act 2. <laughs> um, yeah, can't wait for that uh, Coheed cruise, huh? Kids-, <laughs> Kids these days care more about Coheed vaccines than they do about COVID vaccines. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Uh, can I still uh, talk to uh, uh, Josh about the Mets? Oh yeah, probably. How uh, the Mets the, doing? The Mets are the Mets are doing okay. I think they just lost first place in their division, but they're only like half a game behind or something. So you know, did, did anything funny happen with the Mets in the trade? Like uh, the uh, Cubs selling literally all their players? <laughs> no, Mets mostly just picked up Javier Baez, which is uh, a, a big get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, the Mets didn't do anything else. I don't think. Oh, that's 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 one of the ones that uh, I remember people tweeting about the Cubs letting go. That was very funny. 
Yes, the whole Cubs team, they're like, ah, fuck it, sell everyone, I don't know. <laughs> like, what's happening with that money? Nothing? We're taking it. We're, Nothing? We're taking right. the money and we're not giving it back. Yes. Uh, well, everybody, like, all those guys are on, like, the last year of their contract, so uh, this anybody they trade for uh, is, like, a good thing for them because they go to their, like, development system uh, and they don't have to, like, negotiate for next year's contract with those guys, so... Mm-hmm. So they get to spend less money and maybe have good players coming out of uh, rookies. That would be nice. But at the moment, it looks like they just sold all their players. At the moment, they did just sell all their players. And also, I'm pretty sure the Giants fleeced them for uh, one of those guys. So and it's not I'm even the funniest day. sporting trade story of the week. Nope, it is not. Is that the Russell How? Westbrook one? No, that's also pretty funny, uh, but I'm talking really about funny. football. I'm talking about the messy situation. How much do you know about this? I, oh, like, I I, okay, so I I heard that, is it Arsenal? No. No, I don't know. Okay, never mind. Barcelona? <laughs> yes, Barcelona. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Messi played for Arsenal? That'd be really funny. But, I have no uh, idea. I just see a yeah, lot yeah. of names of football teams. I feel yes, good about getting it in two. I understand. Um, so, the football part doesn't really matter. This is all, like, sports trading situations, uh, but... Barcelona are a uh, huge team in, in Spain. They're like the biggest football team in the world. And that's like a problem because they're too big, which means they're spending too much money. And there's like financial fair play rules in their league that mean their wage bill has to be like, they have to get it down. They have to get it like significantly down uh, because like all of their like uh, profits were based on the fact they had the biggest stadium in the world. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and well, not all of it, but like there was a large part of it. They had a huge stadium with a massive event place. They were struggling to fill it even before COVID. Right, uh, it's not going to make it better. It hasn't made it better. So they've just been like just destroyed financially in a way that's very funny because they're like a massive club. This doesn't happen to like massive institutions. Uh, and their biggest player is Messi. He's played with them forever, uh, and he's like arguably the greatest football player in the world. Uh, I have, I don't have, I haven't seen him enough to like know for sure that this is an argument that people have. Um, yes, 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 yes. We have the goat argument about Messi v. Ronaldo, and uh, I mean, I hate Ronaldo, so because he's an awful person, not because of football. You have now <laughs> named the, the two people in football I know. Yes, exactly. They're the two famous footballers. Messi's one of them, he's played for Barcelona forever, and was planning to stay there till he retired. He's like a Barcelona legend. That he, Messi and Barcelona are the same thing, and have been for years. Um and they couldn't get the way like he took a massive wage reduction uh but they have too many other players like he would basically have to play for them for free oh uh, for the salary cap to work the salary cap to work because they have too many other players who are like they gave to too high a wage bill on their contract years ago but they're not worth that anymore so they're paying for like shit um and whatever so now he's leaving he's leaving and he's probably going to Paris Saint-Germain not the funny part of this that part's like pretty funny yeah that's not the best part best part is that uh Sergio Aguero who is another player who's like one of Messi's best friends who's been at (laughs) Man City for years last year finally left Man City to spend his final years on uh, like in his career playing at Barcelona with Messi and chilling out with his best friends owned So he's got so fucking owned by this. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, Sergio Aguero is trying to leave. He is immediately trying to get out of this contract because his entire thing wasn't even like, it wasn't really even about like football and what he just wanted to play with Messi, who's his friend. And that's what he was going to do for the rest of his career. Fucking that was his plan. And now he's like completely fucked. He's so fucked. Uh, and he's like looking for, um, 
any option to get out of this contract now. That's that's beautiful to me. Uh, yeah, this is great. this is why it's the king's game. The king's game. Yeah, I know. Like, not necessarily people care about football. Listen to this, but like, considering this podcast only comes out once every seven years, <laughs> you guys will get some content. This is what you get. This is what you get with me and Molly talk. Sports zone. Sports zone. Sports zone. Sports zone. Had a good sports podcast idea. Uh, yeah. At one point, which I might do eventually. Not not now. I need some more free time. Um, but it's a good. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Sometimes it's a good it's a idea. idea. Be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, do we have to talk about this book? Uh, the other thing Coheed and Cambria have done is, uh, before they released a single, they released another blend of coffee. Because of course they did. And it's not even called Coffee and Cambria, which is like No, again, disgusting. come on, guys. Uh, it's But it, this, this blend is now, this is the Inferno blend. So now they have the KBI blends done. So after this, I don't know, what do they make? A Sizer coffee? Making a chase coffee. Chase coffee. Well, they read they make a mayo coffee, and they have to explain it's not it's not a mayo. It does not coffee. taste like gross. mayo, guys. Promise. <laughs> That'd be fucking gross. Weird white coffee beans. Disgusting. Ugh. This is a blue coffee, a Ryan coffee. <laughs> tastes like the pus on his face. Oh. Tastes like his disgusting oozy face that they keep talking about. They do keep talking about his oozy, oozy face. Okay, now we do have to talk about the book. <laughs> that was my last stalling. I mean, Cody have done some things, and we've updated everyone on them. Uh, and at some point, they're going to have an album. That's kind of it. Yeah, we're waiting for the album, because it'll come out right before uh, they go on a cruise and catch COVID. <laughs> Cody Cruise is still going to happen. Still happening. Still, still planned for October, and it's getting real close. Oh, they could actually do that. They That'd be a bad idea, but they could do that. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Yeah. The, that album is definitely coming out around then. To, to get everyone on the cruise, damn. Cruise. Yep. I don't know why you'd do a cruise. Seems like a stupid thing to do as a band. I don't know. It sounds like it's kind of sold out, so... I just don't understand the, like, economics of doing a cruise rather than doing, like, a residency. I think I'd rather do... A re- if I wanted to do, like, a... I want to get some money for gigs and stuff, but I don't want to travel and go on a tour. I think I'd go to a residency before a cruise. You you want to do Max FunCon. I don't know what that is, but I sure. <laughs> it's is Max, Max FunCon a Max residency? Fun, I I think they go camping or something. Okay. A residency is when you don't tour but you play in the same theater every night. Oh, okay, that's a fake idea here. <laughs> okay. That would not happen here. I mean, like, normally, like, the, it happens usually in, like, Vegas, where they get different people. Like, Vegas is usually where guys do their residencies. Oh, I mean, sure. You're an older musician. Yeah, sure. You, like, have play at the same Vegas place. I assume it happens occasionally in, like, New York or LA, but far, it's, it's a, mostly a Vegas thing. I assumed um, that anybody who does that in Vegas is washed. Yeah, oh, no, Blink-182 did, like, two years ago. It's so fucking washed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely it's it's absolutely like a cliche thing you do when you're like a washed rock star but so is a cruise so you know okay we have to we have to <laughs> year of Cha- the black rainbow chapter 14 of year of the black rainbow is called everything you love in which nothing happens nothing happens we have three chapters in this book and very little happens in all of them uh, but I'll try to summarize this. Uh, in this chapter, 
Hohenberger goes around being just extremely suspicious to everyone because he's doing his super plan to, uh, like, give everyone to Mayo and Ryan. Yes. I I will give Coheed and Cambria up to Wilhelm Ryan. He will do it. And, um... <laughs> uh, so he, he goes to Inferno and is like, just, your mission is to stay in your room <laughs> and not stay, ask any questions. Stay on the Grail Arbor. I don't want to see you again. Just kind of chill, if you would. Thank you. And he's like, okay, I won't. And there's like, if it was like, he wanted to say so many things to this stupid order because he didn't understand it. Maybe if he had said them, lives would be saved. They were, I'm like, yeah. yeah, maybe if your guy's obviously betraying you, you should say yeah. something. <laughs> maybe you should know. say something about it. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Um, and then uh, Cade and Cambria are like fucking, but they're not even fucking. They're like having a kiss, but they're they talking about it. They do one kiss. Yeah. They're talking they about do it like one it's... kiss and Coheed's arm blades pop out and he goes, oh, that's embarrassing. Oh, sorry. It's, sorry. Oh, it's like a little boner. It's, a, it's an embarrassing boner joke, but it's also like unintentionally um, the most on the nose thing about sex that Claudio's ever done. <laughs> in that, like this, like awful instrument of violence is a penis in this in this joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's like someone something someone would do intentionally, but you you did it. Yeah, you did it on accident. <laughs> you did that on accident, man. It's very funny. Uh, funny in the way that, like, I'm cringing over it. It's so cringe. This has lethal cringe levels. <laughs> That's, I texted you and I said, I'm not reading this book anymore, Jackson. He did. And I was like, it can't be that bad. It was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Listener, when I tell and, you it was that bad. <laughs> and then they just kind of have a conversation about whether they're in love or not <laughs> there's one kiss for like four pages i don't and think then... this is this is hat people right this is just hat people they do one kiss and they're like be. i guess we're in love i don't know um and then hohenberger shows up and is like oh look at these teenagers they think that like this is true love uh because they <laughs> have one kiss uh, he I got one I... boner and now he thinks he loves her he, now he thinks he loves her how quaint I remember my first love. It was a hot girl that didn't even talk to me. <laughs> that I never talked to again. Very normal thing to remember forever. And he like goes in the story, he's like, remembers it. He's like, oh, in high school, I saw this girl. Her legs were so long. Which is like, no, no, dude. I don't believe for a second <laughs> that your main memory of this like hot girl you saw that rem- like woke you up to the idea of sex with her legs. Please rewrite this book on more honestly. <laughs> <laughs> she was gorgeous with legs that seemed to go all the way up to her neck, which is a weird thing to say. Weird thing to say. I, I get maybe you're maybe you're like you know you're a leg person, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm fairly sure Leonard you were looking at her tits. I'm not. I'm just gonna go on a limb here. <laughs> I don't think that your necessarily holistic analysis of how hot this woman was was about her legs. Well, see, here's the thing: is we remember that scene where uh, his wife came and came and fucked him while she was only wearing like that uh, her gardening gloves and a mask, and he was like, "Wow, leggy! Look at it's the just, leggy!" It, I'm like, it doesn't come across as leg horny, which is like a real thing. I'm fine, respect it, you know, you know. <laughs> shout uh, out, shout out to the leg horny. Shout, shout out to the leg horny people. Uh, but it comes across less as that, and far more across of like, here's our PG thirteen version of what it's like to be horny. <laughs> I respect women. I like their legs, not their tits. 
I like their legs and their hair or something. What are the things that children know are features? Uh, eyes. Eyes. I love. I love your eyes and and your legs and the one kiss we had. <laughs> yes. So he goes on this uh, story for like half a page for no fucking reason. It's like this is a bit weird, dude. And he's like, I don't even remember her name. And then it's like her name was Camille. He said, and he says it, and then Cody and Cambria immediately collapse and hit the floor because it's their kill switch word, which it's, apparently yes. he yeah, put in them. Okay. Look. Here's. Here's my favorite part of the kill switch word. It it knocks him out. It's basically a hypnosis thing. Uh, the best thing about this to me personally is that it is not. It is explicitly not set up so that when Hohenberger says it, they do this. It's when anyone says the name Camille. So if they ran into someone called Camille, it was all. It's over for them. It's fucking over for them. They would not survive Zeta Gundam. <laughs> they would never survive Zeta Gundam. Just imagining Cody and Cambria hitting the floor as fast like Camille. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zeta Gundam. That's so much better than Hear the Black Rainbow. It's a television show right there. So then, then they fall over, and he just like goes and puts them on the bed because uh, he's now. Tra- he's done. He's done his master plan and trapped him with the the secret switch that we didn't know they had. Yes, because the last chapter was like he had to like it had to be really subtle and he had to betray them and they couldn't see it coming. And yeah, I guess if they had a secret kill switch that you didn't tell us about beforehand, <laughs> that would be a fairly that easy task. That would work. Or do you want to have like a plot or some some action happening where like. He has to convince them to go to a place, but it's a setup, and they realize they've been... No! He just no. goes to them and turns them off. He did 60, cha- 60 pages of bad action at the start. I don't know if I want any more. I don't want action, but I do want things to happen in the yeah. book! <laughs> That's fair. I want characters to make decisions, and these decisions to have ramifications that I can see coming, uh, and collide in ways that are interesting, and maybe I can't see coming. You know, like, I want things to be established and then twist in interesting ways, and not just, I used the kill switch that I wrote for them, by the way. Then it's this girl I was 24 in high school. <laughs> it was the girl I was 24 in high school! Awful. None of which was information that I had beforehand, or frankly wanted to have after the fact. <laughs> Fucking Nikki Owen-ass story. Yep. Then Mayo shows up. That's the whole chapter. Uh, Should we just go into chapter 15? Do we have anything more to say about chapter 14? No! Okay, chapter 15. Immediately after this is While You Were Sleeping, in which Mayo shows up uh, and has a little uh, back and forth uh, with Hohenberger, which is, again, meant to be like a cool villain back and forth between Hohenberger and Mayo, uh, but Mayo kind of sucks in this book. Just as insufferable as it was last time. It's just not, like, interesting and good. The back and forth is not interesting. Um, and, like, Hohenberg is like, I want to see my wife is alive first. And then Mayo's like, but I could just fucking kill you if you don't do what I say. <laughs> so, no. Oi, mate. And, oi, mate. And they go back and forth. And then he's like, here's Coheed and Cambria. I have given them to you. And then Mayo's like, all right, I'm just going to kill them then because that's my job. And you can't stop me. <laughs> Uh, and then he's like, ha twist his moustache. I think you'll find I have done exactly what you said, but not in the fa- in the way you asked. Which is probably not what I would say were I expecting my wife's return. No, I, I, absolutely not. I'd probably say something like, 
this was the most convenient way. This is the best way to do this. The thing he has done, obviously, uh, which, you know, you might not remember because it was seven years ago or whatever when we started this podcast. <laughs> uh, but he has imbued the Monstar virus into the DNA uh, or into the cells specifically of... um. It's not really the DNA because there's like the... Sep- I don't know. Fake it's in their blood. It's in their blood. Uh, but he has imbued both Cohen and Cambria with the Monstar virus. Cambria has the core virus. And then uh, when combined with the virus inside uh, Coheed, uh, this will activate the Monstars. Yes. Um, Which, oh, the dragonflies, which happens in the sense, but okay. Yes. He's like, this is obviously the best way to do this. And Mayor's like, what the fuck is you What the fuck about, did you bro? do? He's like, damn, Ryan's gonna be pissed about this. And Mayo should be right, but he's not. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a second Mayo's like, Ryan will not forgive you for this. And Hermberger goes, I think you'll find he will uh, co- uh, confirm me the begrudging respect, Kazard. We're two cool guys being cool. And Mayo's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then obviously, next chapter, Mayo's like, I must defer upon him the begrudging respect because he's a cool guy being cool. The fucking, the, this is this is two, the two guys sketches from the Lonely Island. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys hanging out, having fun. Right, guy number two. Yeah, guy, <laughs> guy number, number one. <laughs> Damn, I gotta respect this guy. <laughs> he tricked me. No, he didn't. He, he didn't, didn't even trick, trick you. <laughs> so, but chapter fifteen. Before we go into the the Mayo side of things, uh, chapter fifteen ends with Kate and Cambria being taken by uh, Mayo. He's like, "All right, peace. Uh, yeah, did my job. Goodbye." Um, and then Holmberger goes back and it's revealed uh, that he has also created Josephine, who's in a vat. So confirmed, Josephine yes. from a vat. They didn't from fuck to make Josephine. No. Uh, unclear about how that will affect, um, you know, uh, the other kids, Claudio himself. They had to have fucked for those ones. They, I think I think they just I feel like they had to have. Once they had got their fake memories and moved Monster, to the space. Yeah. Uh, so he's made Josephine, and obviously he's going to put the uh, Sinistar cure in her, which, you know, I say that sentence, like, obviously, because I know the plot, but this is the what's stupidest story. <laughs> yes. Here's the, the, the thing is, this only works if you know everything else. <laughs> right. Oh, obviously he has to put the cure virus inside the baby. Like, if you imagine reading this not knowing the plot of Second Stage Turbine Blades. <laughs> why would you also, why do you put it in the baby? What's going on here? Why do you put the cure in the baby? I don't know. He's obsessed with putting stuff inside people. <laughs> yeah, but not in, even in a horny way. Just like has no, like a DNA scientist thing. He's just a mad scientist weirdo guy. But he's he's got Josephine and uh, Code and Cambria are taken away by Mayo, and it's a really boring chapter. I, yeah, I you would think right that like Mayo coming and doing some villain shit would be fun, and I wish it was, but. Hohenberg is such a terrible character, and his dialogue all sucks, and nothing's enigmatic, and he's making awful decisions, and I, I just, he's skin-crawlingly awful as, like, a character to read. Um, that it does no, there's no fun back and forth. He just, he just sucks. He sucks so bad that I want bad things to happen to him, and I know they will, and that's good, but... <laughs> yes. Pain. Awful man. I hate him. Uh, I don't think there's anything else in that chapter. Mayo leaves. He's like, oh, well, that well, sucked. Uh, well, May- Mayo-, Mayo gives him, like, the moral of the story here. 
and they try to like sum all this up into some kind of like coherent thematic point uh which i don't agree with uh but here's the point that they make which is like uh mayor says uh is it Wilhelm Ryan's fault, or are you simply looking for someone else to blame for your own failures? In the end, is it Ryan's fault your son is dead, or are you angry with yourself for failing to protect him? Or is it God's fault for failing to protect any of you? It is easy to select one individual element and say that it is entirely that element's fault. But the truth is, Doctor, that, that in your delivery of the Monstar, you have created a perfect analogy for the way the universe works. No single element is responsible for the diseases that plague us. It is always a combination of things. We can realize that and accept our own place in the grand scheme, or we can point Point our fingers and say he and he alone is to blame. You're a considerate man. Consider that. Or <laughs> That's what considerate means. <laughs> it is entirely up to you. So this is the like level of dialogue that they get trying to make Mayo cool, and it's not. It's not good. It's bad. That's not what's happened in this story. No. This is not a story about like oh, there's a system. You know, like we just talked about Zeta coming. That's another story where like. There's a system of things happening, and these things will affect each other, but the characters within them can only see their own perspectives, and so are focused on, like, their personal revenges, which don't actually play out in the way they expect, because there is a grander systemic, uh, yes. like, way the world works. That's how a good story is written. This isn't about that. Ryan just showed up, killed everyone, and turned the world into, like, into you know, killed all the Iraq war protests. It's pretty clearly his fault. It's pretty clearly his fault, I think. I think it was the, I think it's the dictator's fault. You can't say, oh, actually, this whole, the whole time has been a story about how there are, like, s- like interconnecting forces and nothing is as clear as it seems when it's about the weird blue guy's puss face taking over the whole galaxy. <laughs> <sighs> you can't just do that. You can't do that. Come and on, it's man. It's not even the funniest thing in this chapter. No. Funniest thing in this chapter, of course, uh, is this line. Where is the line? Where's the line? It's a good question. Slowly, he placed his hand flat against the vat and stared in at her. He'd named her Josephine, a homage to a boy she would never have the opportunity to know. Bro. At this point, they know what happens in second stage Turbine Blade. So we know what happens to Josephine. And it's still one of the most fucked up things in this whole series. And he's like, I'm naming you after my son who got pointlessly murdered at the Iraq war protest. <laughs> and then this, his legacy shall be continued. bad happens to you. Uh, with like one of the most like fucked up chapters in the thing and then getting murdered. Like, and then after that, getting murdered and hit in the head with a hammer. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Claudio, you can't keep doing this. It's, it's because she carries the legacy of being murdered in Iraq war protest. <laughs> you must die brutally. You must. You must. Oh god, and it has to be after something else awful happens to you. It's so funny. It's so fucked. Um which the my main question at this point is with Ryan so clearly dominant in everything that's going on, um how to Code and Cambria chill out in a house for like 18 years after this? I have no fucking idea. At some point they will attempt to explain that and how like, because Ryan's still in charge of things. When it, like The Red Army isn't like a competing army that takes over. Right. The Red Army just exists in Second Stage Turbine Blade. I assume, so, 
I assume what's going to happen. Well, the Red Army is in this book. They they fought them once already. That was that no, was. But I mean, like I a- mean that like. Like, in Second Stage Tailwind Blade, it's not like they get defeated in this book and then come back in 18 years. Well, that's what I'm wondering, is if they are dealt a serious blow at the end of this book and have to spend time rebuilding, but that's never what is suggested. Like, I guess Inferno might go and capture them, because Inferno is, like, after this point, leading the Rebellion for years and making other clones. Um, But, God, I, I don't know. It's a real, it's real dumb. Well, I mean, at least we know the reason that uh, Jesse is such a fucking moron is that he's a copy of Hohenberger. That makes perfect sense now. <laughs> yes, which means that Hohenberg has been a biker guy this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like that, I guess. Wait, wait, wait. That means that... So, if if Jesse is Hohenberger and they're like, a per- it's a perfect... It's a solidist situation. You don't understand Metal Gear. Um... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a soldier situation, and then at the end of Good Apollo One, uh, Jesse ends up USB downloading into Mayo's body. Uh, that means Hohenberg is technically Mayo by the end of where the comics got to. Oh no, that's the worst. <laughs> oh no, everything is collapsing on top of itself. <laughs> Uh, do you think they're ever going to put out that uh, No World for Tomorrow book? Do you think that's ever happening? No, they've never... It's like, where is that book? They talked about it uh, before COVID. Like, it was, I think they said the first one was almost done. Uh, but I don't know. No yeah, no can, word can, about it since then. I can find things from, like, 2019. But, um... Fucking coward. I can't, I can't find... Yeah, they were going to do the Noah for for tomorrow never ends a tour, and then it got cancelled because of COVID. Um. Oh yeah. Oh well, nobody was going to go to that. Uh, no, what the hell's the? That's not true. I would have gone to that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. So they were, they were in twenty twenty. They were going to do that tour, and then ever since like, after the tour, we're going to do the series. And yeah, they just haven't. Yeah, because because uh, last last time they did the um, Never Under, they did. Good Apollo, and they put out the first comic at those shows. And I bought one of them. Where Where is it? It's It's been 14 years since that album came out, and still no one knows what happened. Come on, Claudio. He's written the prequel book, but he hasn't... He's never at any point just written the ending of the story. That's so funny. I um, think you'll find that uh, uh, it... It says, so long, Amory. Please won't you drive me home again. That's true. Hell, 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 hell. Hell, 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 hell. Hell, 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 hell. Oh, hell, not hell. Not hell, no. Yeah, not quite. Uh, Anyway, chapter 16, all falls apart. Ryan is impressed by how cool Hohenberger is. What a cool guy. He's like, what a cool twist. He is truly my adversary. Uh, In a way, it's like, yeah, I also like it when, like, villains engage in some back and forth game, appreciate the, like, moves and cunning of their other like of their rival that's a great trope you haven't done it you've just like surface pulled out that element of it there's no point where like there's a cool rivalry being built up here you just did that one thing with no build-up or context it sucks yeah you can't just have like listen we all love when the villain says lmao wow can't believe it but you can't just do that without anything happening before it damn he did give us the monstar and then he's like, 
well, we've got to give him his wife, but uh, she will also be not quite as he expects. Uh, and the mayor, because his job is to say like things that are obviously wrong in this book. Yes. Is like, uh, you mean we're going to cut off her arm? <laughs> and, then and he says, like, no, no, dip, dip shit. Fuck <laughs> how you sound. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, we will not, we will not mutilate her, but she will not be returned whole. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And then she just, uh, she is being taken back. Um, Mayor's giving her a lift back to her, uh, back to Homeburgers. And basically just tells her what happened, exactly. Yes, he uh, just literally tells her what's been happening the last three days. He's like, by the way, in this really stupid book that you've been reading, here's what's been going on. While you were in a glass prison, for some reason, um, uh, Berger totally betrayed you, uh, gave uh, Code and Cambria to Ryan, and uh, created a virus with your dragonflies that could kill billions. And she's like, no, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No. uh that, Leonard would that, never do that when, uh, my friend, you have no reason to think he would never do that. Leonard would never. You're just lying. And at the end of the chapter, she goes off to meet him. Didn't even meet him in this chapter. Nothing happens in this book. No, nothing happens in this book. I am desperate for the part where Pearl punches Hohenberger in the face. It's all Hopefully I want we'll now. we'll get that next week where she's like, you did what, dude? I'm sorry, you gave them a world killing virus for me? What is wrong with you? What do you so you just don't have a spine? No spine for you. Bro, just die or something. I don't know. <laughs> Bro, just die or something. I would die before I invented the world killing virus. He, he gave them the world killing virus. <laughs> he gave them the virus that blows up a star. Normal. Nor- that's that's the other thing I don't understand about the Monstar. Is it, it fucking it just turns them into the the super monsters also? But also, it's a virus that can just kill people through dragonflies. Yep, you got it. <laughs> okay, sure. I guess I can't argue with that. That's what it does. Um, it's not good. It's just it's just a stupid plan with too many things. Like too many layers to it, and none of them mean anything. And now we're gonna get our big dramatic reveal, which is that like Holmberg has done all this, and then he's gonna meet uh, Pearl, who's gonna be like, "What the fuck did you do?" But the book still like wants you to think. It wants you to like see the grand tragedy of it, right? Because it wants you to see the. Uh, Hohenberg has done this horrific evil, but he did it all for one woman who he loves, and that in its own way is still romantic. To which me and Pearl both say, "No, Fuck it's that, not, bro. <laughs> no, it sucks. This man is the worst man. I hate him so much because they keep writing like billions of lives just for one. And I'm like, I yeah, I also like grand epic love stories where like the universe." is nothing compared to, you know, this, this happens all the time, but, um, you haven't written one of those. No. Also, you can't have them lose. <laughs> because all the billions of people die. Right. Like, normally when that happens, it is done in, like, more abstract senses. Um, and the stakes are, 
uh, more ethereal. And even if they are real, they're done in a more, uh, like, a less direct way. It's not actually called programming the plague that kills everyone. Right. This book sucks. This book sucks! There's also some great throwaway lines about uh, all of the soldiers that came in with Mayo, like, sexually assaulting Cambria. So that's great, too. Yes, he's like, because she's got the virus, they're like, if, if you fuck her... Uh, you'll be uh, your dick will shrivel up. Your dick will shrivel up and you'll die. I'm like, is that what the is that what the monster does? Does the monster do that? Okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever. At monster casts sure. small your dick. <laughs> bro, you got bro. <laughs> I'm burger writing out writing out the small your dick virus codes. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's absolutely the level this is operating on because it's yes. like she's like so hot, but now threatening and protected from the evil men. And I'm like, this is so gross. This is so gross. This is uh, disgusting. Claudio, I must at this point stress, Cody and Caribbean represent your parents. Your please parents, <laughs> please stop this, dear God, please stop this. You've said this so many times. Nightmare. Imagine I make characters based on my parents, and then years later, I get Peter David <laughs> to write, like, about how they met and had to fuck. Yes. They had to. They just had to. What else is Peter, Peter David? He's a, I know he does Star Trek books. What else is he? He's a comics guy, right? Yep, comics guy. Star Trek books. And he fucking sucks, right? Nobody likes him? I think so. I think so. I think think that's what I heard. I don't remember exactly. Um, So I'll I'll have to look it up to see which way Peter David specifically is problematic. Um, I think he's won awards from Glad, so you know that he sucks. uh, That's my barometer. If you win LGBT awards, you're probably awful. Right, this is the thing I remember, uh, which is that he... um, was just like said completely made up awful like anti romani shit at a conference once this is the, this oh is the yeah 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 but I, I don't i think that's the one um you know there's like scales of heinous stuff comics writers do uh i'm sure if i asked my my friend zoe she would know exactly what uh, exactly what is. Is. Yeah. yeah yeah but i don't care fuck them he also likes the Mets, so he had a great time talking to... Uh, oh, he's, yeah, he's talking to, to, Josh. to Josh about the Mets. All right, yeah, bummer. DeGrom is on the injured list, so you know they're having a bad time right now. This Wikipedia page has a list of his favorite television shows, but there are way too many. I don't think you get to have this many television shows on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> you ready for this? Yes. His favorite TV shows have included Doctor Who, Hill Street Blues, Charmed, Carnival, Boston Puppet, The Practice, Friends, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Slayer uh, Angel, Alias, and The West Wing. That's too many favorite TV shows for your shows. Wikipedia page. On your Wikipedia page, too. I think oh. you get three. You get three at maximum. <laughs> yeah. That's like, what, seven? That was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven! Eleven, eleven. television shows. That's not, that's not a favorite list. It's not even a top ten list. Also, how are you going to put friends on there? Come on now. Uh, that's the one you object to. Which, you know what? Fair enough. I get it. Friends <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> anyway. That's, you know, he's writing about how yes. Claudio's mom and dad want to fuck. They want to fuck. So that all sucks. 
Uh, but now we've got a song to talk about. You know what else sucks? <laughs> is a song on the Earth of Black Rainbow. It's free from the end. We're almost there. Uh, what do you think of the song, Molly? It sucks. It sucks? That's It's fine. I don't know. It's fine. I it's think fine. saying it sucks is... if it, That's a little extreme. It's extreme, but in a way that's like also nice. <laughs> it's not distinctive enough to suck. It's just, a, it's just a song. I listen to it and I think that's a song. I know the chorus. I sing a lot of the chorus. I think there's some good bits. I like the beat. Um, I think this song is like generally well written, uh, but it's so unremarkable. It's just a nothing song. Yeah, it's nothing. It's it's album filler on an album with ten songs. You can't do that. I think I might like it more if it was on um, Good Apollo and had different production. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I know it, I'm always it might be reasonable. Yeah, I'm always saying this about Coheed and Cambria songs. Is if they were on Good Apollo, they'd be better, which <laughs> is yeah. true. Yeah. But then I look at it, I'm like, okay, was is this song? Better than anything on Aftermath, and I don't know. I don't know about that. No, God, no, no, absolutely not. Maybe better than Vic the Butcher. I don't know. That one kind of goes. It's about war crimes, but it kind of rips. I don't know. Now, which ones? And which is the, is that the one that goes um has the number of the, the apartment that he yells? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that one is pretty sick. That one is pretty yeah. sick, right? Hang of, your uh, secrets. Hang them up. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It doesn't hang at all with like the later stuff. No. Um, <laughs> So it's just like a mid-album fill that I listen to and think, that wasn't terrible. But I look at the other songs, I'm like, oh, we fell so far. We fell so far. Yeah. I just don't understand. I just don't understand what, like, after this, they go back to make the Afterman. Everyone fucking loves it. And they're like, let's do the color before the sun. And everybody's like, I don't know, guys. This kind of sounds bad. And they're like, okay, okay, what if we do Vaxxis? And it's like, could you just go back to whatever you were doing for the Afterman? I mean, what they were doing was hiring the producers of uh, Incoming Secrets and Good Apollo. Yeah, do that again. That was great. <laughs> like, they have the, the, the best sounding Coheed albums have the same production team and they stopped working with them again. What the fuck, guys? Bring them back. Maybe they were just tired of their bullshit. Maybe they were like, you guys got to stop doing this. And they were, they were like, they're tired. We're tired of you hiring and firing us. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. And now they're just mostly self-producing, I think, which is not not the way yeah. I prefer it. No, um, I'm not a big self-production person usually when it comes to uh, uh, music. Uh, some, I think you there are really, some bands that can pull it off, but generally speaking, you should get an actual producer in there. You hire you hire a guy for this. The people hire a guy for this. Yep. There's a reason they do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't want to. Like, I think Vax is one. It's fine. I I enjoy it for the most part, but. You know, 
It also has uh, what True Ugly on there, so like I don't know. Yeah, it's got toys on there. That's a pretty sick song. It's got toys on there. That one bangs. It goes for six and a half minutes for some godforsaken reason, but it's yeah, pretty it good. Yeah, doesn't need to do that, but otherwise it's pretty good. Okay, we've got some lyrics here. Yes, please. Uh, Genius has switched to red now. Oh, Wait, it's just what? red on this. It must be on this track. This track's in red for some reason. There are no highlights. No one cares. Nobody cares about the lyrics that in the flame of error, the tenth track from Year of the Black Grand Rise. If I searched for In the Flame of Error, it gave me uh, no results, so that's great. Uh, oh, there we go. We have, I hate everything I am becoming. This change is torture. There's never enough to give, only plenty to take. And this I wage. When, will, uh, when the ground parts from below, will it feel so? How can I gain from another when the other goes? This hand, this hurt, my heart. I'll flirt with disaster. Just now know, man, the deal is off. I'll be no good, this time defies. I'll put my touch around the grip of this knife. These dirty hands just won't come clean. I'm a murderer, the worst these worlds will see. Is so, this Hohenberger being like, damn, I This is Hohenberger. Up. Um, the part where he says, I'll put my touch around the grip of this knife, he definitely is singing Torch, but whatever, you know. Yes, he doesn't say. He says, "I'll put my torch around the grip of this knife." It's because the, the next verse is, "Mercy, please leave her just a little bit longer. She's all my world, my love. I apologize that uh, you will see the end of days. Just rest assured, because they won't let her go, and I will remain so alone to work on a cleverer way to get her home. I will do what I must. I'll flirt with disaster. Just know that now, boy, you're out of luck." Which is like, uh, come on. <laughs> I Man, it's all, yeah, it's all about the Hohenberger stuff. The thing you could have done to get your wife back is just launched an assault to get your wife back instead of inventing the Monstar virus. Even Mayo's like, if he assaulted us with Cohen and Cambria, we'd be so fucking dead. We'd be so fucked, dude. I can't even uh, do anything about that. It's ridiculous oh. he didn't do that because, like, the whole reason ryan is making a stupid deal like this is because he is threatened by Cody and cambria so why he doesn't just go like oh they're threatened i should just use them as a as an attack we should go. yes um but yeah this is honestly like way more direct about being the story than a lot of them have been because yes. A lot of the songs are just like, oh, I'm writing about Shonjo. Oh, I'm writing about being famous online. Oh, I'm writing about this. This is just a story about Hohenberger killing everyone. Yep. It's just about Hohenberger being like, damn, well, that was stupid. Damn, now my wife hates me. I mean, this song and this this book, like, they they genuinely find, like, something romantic in the tragedy of fucking up this big because you got horny, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Hohenberger is down bad. He is down worse than anyone has ever been. You ever been down so bad you killed like 10 billion people? <laughs> 10 billion people. You ever been down so bad you extinguish a star? The problem is, saying it even in this shitposty way makes it sound like this is one of the more like evocative versions of this story. <laughs> but is it? Yeah. No, because like, I'm talking about second stage. Right. God. <laughs> No, he's just a sad man. He's just an awful sad man. Ah, oh, it sucks. So, yeah, that's where we are. We've got two songs left. 
ready to be done with this album. I think the like reading the book, the album's fine. The album's fine. The most of the songs are fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. It uh we we've heard worse from them, I guess. I don't know. That might be yep. a lie. This might this is definitely their worst album, but I mean by this point, yes. Yeah. Uh, but just like I don't think it's like a necessarily super terrible album. Uh, I think Color Before the Sun is better than this. I don't know. Color Before the Sun is way worse than this. What are you talking about? There's at least some songs I I I like. I think I like more songs on Color Before the Sun than I do this album. But I guess I'd have to go look at that. This album has Here We Are Juggernaut. This album has World of Lines. I guess it's kind of it. But it yeah, does have you listed two songs. <laughs> <laughs> it has like the Broken, which is just Here We Are Juggernaut again. <laughs> you listed the same song twice, you fool. <laughs> you fool. What have you done? The I, I color. Really... I do not like the color before the sun at the all. Color maybe I will... before the sun. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, come around on it when I give it a big re-listen for the Island for the Island the is good, Atlas is good. Uh I can't... nah you're right. It's it's three songs. I like Peace to the Mountain too, but it's definitely about how I drink too much. Remember, you got Spirit Kid? God, that's a bad yeah, that single. Yeah, that sucked. Hit him okay, you're right. These are both, like, equally... I think World of Lions is better than every song on Color of the Before the Sun combined. It's not true. Island is right there. Island's the best song on Color Before the Sun. But... It is weird how much Coheed lose when they don't have the pretension of this is all the sci-fi story. Even though it's barely, like, in the songs at this point. Uh, yeah. Being like, oh, I, when I mean the island, I mean Manhattan, is a bit like, boo! Get off the stage! <laughs> 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 no one cares! The song fucking opens with uh, the MTA voiceover from, like, the um, from, like, the, tr- the tram stations. Like, from the, like, from the train stations. Shut yep. the fuck up, Claudio. No one cares. No Where's one fucking the weird, cares. Like super prison. Sorry, you have this? so much money, asshole. I must. I must retire to, from this from this mansion. <laughs> I must. I want to go somewhere apartment. small where somebody's growing weed in the in the house I'm with renting out. Because like that song's about how he wants to leave Manhattan and like you know raise a kid in Jersey or somewhere, right? It's basically yes. what he's doing. Yes, it's about how it fucking is too expensive to live in New York. But because he's, you know, he's got a reasonably successful band, it's not too expensive to buy land and property near to New York. Yes, outside of New York. <laughs> just outside of New York City. You fucking asshole. But then Atlas is just a nice song for his kid. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> Coheed and fucking Cambria. We've got two songs <laughs> left. We've got two two episodes left in this book. And then we're done. And then it's uh, four more, presumably like, you know, over an hour, maybe two hours. We'll talk about Bubbles. That's good. They'll be fun. They'll be events. That'll, That'll be, be a fun. good time. Yes. Um, we, uh, oh, what was I going to say? We was six chapters left in this fucking book. We're going to die. We are going to die. That's true. Rip us. Rip us. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. Where can we find you on the internet, Molly? You can find me on Twitter at your friend Molly with Y E R. You can find me at audioentropy.com. You can find me at uh, abnormalmapping.com, secondbestgame.club, uh, where we do journal updated. We just released an episode on Undertale. It's pretty good. I liked it. The episode, not the game. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it, Jackson. 
You can find me at headfullsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast that I do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, I do a lot of them with them. We do the Great Gundam Project at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping, which you can get for $1 a month. It's cool and good. And also on the $5 tiers, uh, we have Blockbusters, a monthly podcast watching movies. Um, Great pod. We recently watched uh, Tron Legacy, which is a fucking terrible film. You want to hear us try to like grasp the world building of that? then uh, And try to figure out how the stock market works. <laughs> look we didn't know we didn't know i don't, I don't know either that's I, the thing i don't the, think anybody does we were doing the podcast and i was like wait i don't understand the difference between the indexes i don't know what you're like i understand theoretically the concept of the stock market but i don't actually know the day-to-day operations of what it means to be listed on an exchange because i'm a normal person <laughs> yeah i don't have any stock options what I don't have a job like that. I don't work for Microsoft. Right. Anyway, I'm not using my stock gains to go on the Coheed cruise. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I wish I was using my stock gains to go on the Coheed cruise. Uh, How I really... funny would it be? Yes. If COVID hadn't happened and a mysterious benefactor had like given us the money to go on the Coheed cruise. It would have been so fucking good, dude. Can you imagine if we had a rich patron like that in like the old sense of patron? Yes. Uh, who was like, I, I, you know, I think it would be really good if you got brought us the content and reported live from the Coheed Cruise. We're recording live from the Coheed Cruise. We would just have a whole bit where like, okay, today's the day. We're going to talk to Josh about the bet. <laughs> <laughs> we hung out with Chandra today. She's pretty cool, actually. I need to tell Zach that he's cool and has good vibes. <laughs> Travis, we love the riffs, man. Keep it up. Claudia, hire a producer. Claudia, please. <laughs> I mean, I- I'm fairly sure if we were on, uh, not to do another Lonely Island reference, but if we were on the Code Cruise, uh, it would basically just be the song Who Said Whack. Um, <laughs> is what would happen there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, it, oh, oh it was them it was them over there <laughs> <laughs> goodbye everyone goodbye <laughs>